This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 246 of The Real Word. Word is up. The word is up, and the drops are down, Nicole. We're going to get right into it. Racket number one, BAM article. Drops are down. Big drops in pending home sales and home showing traffic. So I guess pending home sales and home showing traffic would be what's down. Okay, so uh, 35% year over year pendings, you Mm -hmm. may call them under contracts or escrows in your market, 35% year over year drop. That's the largest in eight years. We can show the Redfin chart here. Mm -hmm. Redfin doesn't have any data before 2015. So according to Redfin and, and how long they've been collecting the data, it's the biggest drop that they've seen since since they started actually taking account for this data. Largest drop in pending sales in the last eight years, year over year, change in the four-week rolling average of weekly pending sales. So if you're on YouTube, you can see this chart. The only drop this quick, this fast in pending home sales since 2015 was April 2020. Of course, everything stopped on a dime in March, you had a straight down drop, which was 32.9% of a drop in pending sales. Right now, we just saw as October closes out, a 35.2% drop in pending sales, larger than the COVID-19 pandemic. Nicole, that does that surprise you? We know that sales have dropped significantly. Mm -hmm. But when you compare it to that moment in time where the whole world stopped, does it surprise you that this drop right now in pending home sales year over year is as significant? And, you know, it's actually greater than, and it could be as we go into November and December, it could be in the forties. Does, do you step back and say, Whoa, it's bigger than I thought it was. Uh, when I see these numbers, definitely, it's definitely bigger than I thought that it was. Um, but I will be honest, I I certainly feel it. Um, and I know that all of our agents are feeling it. But you no, know, looking at the number, it definitely, it, it is it is a little surprising to me, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you uh, couldn't go anywhere in 2020. I mean, this is, you, you physically couldn't go anywhere. Or, you know, people were afraid of others coming into their homes. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. The year-over-year inventory, if I look at the Northeast, inventory's down year-over-year. So there was actually more inventory in 2021 than there is right now in the Northeast. That's not the case, though, for every market. If you're on YouTube in the comments, what's the case for you in your market? Is inventory up year-over-year or is inventory down? If inventory's down, Nicole, like like our market, for example, you could say, well- it's down 20 percent mm-hmm. and pendings are down 20 percent. That is actually the numbers for the state of Connecticut. Every state, every market is going to be different. So you could say, well, okay, there's a drop in inventory. It's correlating to this drop in in pending sales. But there are some markets uh, on the walkthrough recently. Shannon mm-hmm. Gillette was on there. She says in the Phoenix area that she serves the greater Phoenix area, inventory is skyrocketing. It, it, it is it going is that investors? Are investors ditching? Is that where the inventory is coming from? It's coming from everywhere. People are are doing one, two, three hundred thousand homeowners 
are doing massive price reductions, one, two, $300,000 price reductions on properties that are listed at about a million dollars. She's seeing inventory continue to rise and prices are reflective of that fast inventory rise and, and they're being pushed down. Okay. I'd assume that with prices dropping, inventory rising, pendings are down in that market. Of course, across the country as Redfin uh, you know, states here, it's down 35%. So in the comments, what what's it? What's the inventory relative to the drop in pendings in your market? Because there is that context. But w- let's pop the chart up one more time. Because when I look at it, it's significant for this moment in time because it's happened very quickly. That drop here at the end, like the last month of October, has been just straight down. So if you're straight in a down. market- that experiences seasonality, you know, where right. you have the winter, you have the holidays, right. November, snow. December, snow, yeah. January, in those types of markets, January can typically be a time where, you know, people are like, I'm just getting out of the holidays. I don't, right. I don't want to put my house on just yet. Yeah. So it's almost like a three month window I want to wait for my trees to blossom their flowers. There's this, there's that. You like to wait for the Super Bowl, which is getting pushed back later every single year. Now I feel like it is really late every year. It's Yeah, well, ever since you said, hey, Super Bowl's when the market starts, they started moving the date back. (laughs) Pushing it away from us. They don't don't want you to have a good spring market. Clearly not. Let's go regionally here. Uh, The Pending Home Sales Index, PHSI, described by NAR as a forward-looking indicator of home sales based on contract signings. It dropped 79 and a half in September. Uh, Let's break it down by region though so so we can talk a little bit more localized. The Northeast PHSI dropped 16.2% month over month to 64.2. Okay, 30.1% lower than September 2021. Uh, So the Northeast as a whole, pretty big drop there. The Midwest index dipped 8.8% month over month to 80.7% down 26.7% from a year ago. Uh, so a much so everything on here is a it, northeast had the biggest drop, which okay, so maybe like I was just looking on on our radio show recently at Connecticut's that maybe Connecticut's lagging some of the northeast. Um but the Midwest dropped 8.8%. The South Index declined 8.8 uh, 8.1% month over month to 97, 30% lower than a year ago. The West Index faded by 11.7% month over month to 62.7, down 38.7% from the same time last year. So that's a more significant drop in the West than anywhere else. Uh, And showing, obviously, traffic is still declining. So showing activity in September dropped 17% year over year. So you've got less showings, makes sense. You have less buyers that are qualified in the market. Uh, There are markets where you have less inventory which could drop showings as well. Uh, but you ultimately have less people pulling the trigger and getting into contract, getting into escrow on the home of choice. So there are less pending sales, 35 plus percent year over year in the country. Uh, to me, the downward pressure is real. It's significant. This downward pressure that the Fed has created on the housing market is something you can't get away from. You're not going to escape it in the winter of 2022 going into 2023. There's belief, there, there's a realestatenews.com article 
that I was looking at. And they're talking about, is the spring market going to like, be a traditional spring market? Well, it, if the interest rates and these kind of things stabilize and maybe even drop, which some people believe that some people don't, mm -hmm. then maybe you do see a burst of you know, activity and demand in the spring and you have a more traditional spring market. Or you could have a spring market like we've never seen before because the winter leaks into the spring and more uncertainty and this downward pressure just continues as the Fed has the crosshairs in of the real estate market or the Fed has the real estate market rather in their crosshairs. Here, here's some other indicators, Nicole, of uh, home buyer activity. Google searches for homes for sale down 28% year over year. That was October 22nd. The Redfin home buyer demand index, a seasonally adjusted measure for requests of home buying services from Redfin agents. Well, okay. was down 35% mm. year over year and dropped 11% in the past four weeks. Lowest level since May, 2020 touring activity as of October 23rd dropped 27% from its level at the start of 22 compared to a 7% increase the same time last year. That's showing time data. Purchase mortgage applications for the week of October 21 were down 42% 42. year over year and dropped 2% week over week. These are, these are numbers that you can't be blind to as a real estate agent, as a real estate professional. There will be deals. There will be deals in your MLS all year in 2023. Likely every single day, something's going to go under contract and something's going to close mm -hmm. and there'll likely be plenty of them, but you will, you cannot blend in to get your name on those deals. You cannot be vanilla. Nicole White, you're going to have to be something other than vanilla in 23 to get your name on those deals. If you I'm know what I vanilla. mean. I'm not vanilla. I'm not vanilla. I'm white chocolate. White chocolate. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> no? Is that the same? Vanilla and white chocolate? No, it's totally different. No. You like white chocolate? I actually don't mind white. I'm a dark chocolate fan, but. Yeah. I don't like yeah. white chocolate. Yeah. It's it not, depends it on what it's good. on. No, if you put it on like a chocolate covered pretzel, it's pretty good with like the salt. Tastes a little chemical to me. Mm, I think it depends on what kind of white chocolate you're having, but yes. Oh, you're does, getting the good stuff. Little, I get the good stuff. Yeah. There's a candy store down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Agents, you better bring the good stuff in this market be because these numbers aren't getting better anytime soon. If you're in a seasonal market, really pay attention to you know what you're going to be doing. And one of the ways to pay attention is to generate more leads. So let's talk about PropStream real quick before we go to racket number two. And we've got some banger left, middle, right political headlines here at the end that everybody should pay attention to. But uh, listen, right now with what we're faced, everybody wants more leads. Nicole, would you Listing agree? Leads, Listing sure. leads for sure. Yes. More leads. Control want, the market. Absolutely. We all need them, right? And so work with PropStream. It's the most trusted provider of real estate information out there. You can find more leads. You can close more deals. You can get a seven-day free trial with the link below. Uh, PropStream is going to allow you to create leads for as little as 10 cents per lead with the information. So if you're jumping on the phone or if you're creating invitations, if you believe uh, direct mail in your market is something that can convert, you can do all of that through PropStream. 10 cents a lead. If you want to buy deals, you want to take advantage of the winner, like me and Nicole are going to try to fi find some deals to buy, whether that's to rent or to hold, you can use PropStream to do that. 
if you want to go get some listings for yourself, you can use it for that. You can use it for both. It is powerful data and you can target market in your market right to your leads. You can market right to them through PropStream. So give it a try. It's a seven day free trial. We're using it. Um, we're not going to suggest anything for you to use that we're not using. And so go give it a try. Racket number two, Nicole. All right. I, I'm actually, I like this one. I mean, I enjoyed this one. CNBC. Mm -hmm. JP Morgan Chase wants to disrupt the rent check with its payments platform for landlords and tenants. So JP Morgan is piloting a platform it created for property owners and managers that automates the invoicing and receipt of online rent payments. According to Sam Yen, Chief Innovation Officer of JP Morgan's commercial banking division, the vast majority of rent payments are still done through checks. If you talk to residents to this day, they often say the only reason I have a checkbook is to pay my rent. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. The bank hopes to gain traction by offering users valuable insights through data and analytics, including how to set rent levels, uh, where to make future investments, and even screening tenants. So, uh, you know, there, there are platforms out there that do this. JP Morgan Chase um, is uh, certainly, I'm, I'm imagining, aware of all of that. You know, you could talk about Buildium. Yeah, they talk about it in the article. Uh, okay, they do uh, yep. talk about Buildium specifically. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Buildium is one it. of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see that, but uh, do they mention any others? Yeah. Hold uh, on. Turbo Tenant. Okay, so yeah, there were a couple of them they mentioned. Yep. So they're t they're, they are talking about Buildium. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, some landlords might be using Excel or Quick or into it yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Nicole, why do you think the so the vast majority of rent payments are still do, done through checks. If you ask residents, they say the only reason I have a checkbook is still to pay my rent. Why do you think landlords are asking for a check? Or, you know, because if the tenant is saying the only reason I have a checkbook is to pay my rent, it doesn't seem like it's their choice. I don't know. It's, it's again, I, I'm a landlord. Um, I, I get paid through Venmo at this point. But um, yeah, I mean, I was getting checks. Most of my checks, though, were coming in two checks. I was getting one check and then they were paying off the rest of it and on another check. Later. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that may be part of it too. Like they can, they can cut a check before there's maybe even some money in the account. I don't know. I'm, I'm, ac I, 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 I wish I had the answer. I don't know. I just, I feel like it, most of it's probably built off of assumptions, right? Like here's the, here's the only way for me to get you the rent is through a check. Um, Again, it really wasn't until Venmo came in and I had to, so my father is my tenant um, and I had to download Venmo onto his phone to actually get me that, the money that way because he was writing me checks. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I have no idea why that's how they're still asking for it. Um, it again, it's probably the most universal and just assumed that that's what you're supposed to do. I haven't been on Buildium in years. Buildium is property management software, allows you to collect rent, allows you to invoice contractors, send updates to your tenants. Yeah. It's probably been eight years since I've been on building that that's probably about when they launched the software. They were a little bit ahead of their time. Yeah. When I think about JP Morgan Chase, who has so many banking clients already, or maybe a Bank of America doing this or you know, whoever yep. doing this, that the 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 options that they could, you know, like Bank of America has uh Zeal or you know Venmo, you now see you know, you go buy a t-shirt online. Sometimes you can even use Venmo. I, I, I've used Venmo to buy protein powder online. I'm like, I got yeah. money in my Venmo instead of putting my credit card in. 
Yeah. I'll put in just my Venmo if that option is. Put in your Venmo is, money. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's nice if, if that option is there. It'll be interesting to see if JP Morgan Chase has multiple options for the tenant. If you got Venmo, boom, you can connect here through this payment platform. It's probably going to be a fee for the landlord Obviously. involved in all of this. Yeah. You know, maybe it's direct, um, you know, coming out of the, the checking account direct. Right. Maybe it's, you know, option to use even a card. I, I don't know if you want them using a credit card, but a debit card uh, to be able to be able to pay their rent. Uh, the, the market is highly fragmented, CNBC says. So with most of the country's one, uh, 12 million property owners running smaller portfolios of fewer than 100 units, as a result, about 78% are paid using old school checks and money orders. That's a huge number, 78% huge. of yeah. these 12 million property owners. Uh, this is according to JP Morgan, the research they've done. More than 100 million Americans pay a combined $500 billion annually in rent. So there's there's a huge JP Morgan says, you know what? This is a huge market. 500 huge. billion in rent money. We can find a way to put a fee 1% on that. That's a big number for JP Morgan by facilitating rent checks from tenants to landlords. What I'll say about what they're doing in relation to who we care about, which is the the property investor, the 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 person who's maybe buying their first four family. Don't even wait for JP Morgan. Go find software, whether it's Buildium, who they mention, or somebody else, to put this into your building today. Get into 2022, right? Like start doing this as a practice, collecting rent outside of the hard check. I promise you, your tenants are probably going to pay on time, at, right. you know, pay at a faster rate when you're using technology. And yeah, well, we and most of them probably have to find a stamp too to then mail the check. Right. I mean, it, it's not just so finding cumbersome. the check, it's finding a stamp too. If I have yeah. to mail something out, it always is going to take me. Two, I live three days right across the street from a post office and I never mail anything at the mail oh. at the post office. It's terrible. It's it's such a huge inconvenience. Yeah. It's a huge inconvenience when you can grab your phone and do this. And listen, everything is gonna going to become more competitive in 2023. I know, I get it. You you put up a rent, you can rent it in a day. I, I know that demand is there for rentals, but if you want top value, you're gonna have to be competitive. What kind of perks do you have? If you want to sell yep. your house for top value, what are you doing to make it easy on buyers? What other perks do you have? Uh, you know, how easy is the transaction gonna be? If you're renting a property. What are you going to do to make them feel special, to make their life easier as the tenant? We were talking about Airbnbs on the walkthrough recently. If, you, if you've got an Airbnb, a, a lot of Airbnb, they're, they're plummeting, right? You, they're not getting people to, to rent them out right now. Well, you better do something more special than just listing it on Airbnb. So this is across right. the board. You've got to just up your game. Any other final thoughts on, on this other than it just making sense and and feeling like no, I mean it makes, it makes complete sense. It, it definitely well, it does feel behind the one hundred percent behind the times. But, um, but again, I mean, it, it, but wildly necessary for sure. I mean, even just the analytics on the back end, I, I feel like would be extremely helpful um, for landlords too, um, especially ones that aren't maybe like on site too. You know, just to kind of see what's coming going. Um, again, I, I I I love it. I love it. Yeah, huge market, five hundred billion. Yeah. In rents. Not, get not rid of the, get rid of the checks. 
I keep my or checkbook le- just for my cleaning lady at this point. Yeah, I mean, same, I, I don't same even, thing. I, it's the same I don't even thing. have a checkbook. Yeah, I have some business yeah. checks, but that's it. All right, left, yeah. left, middle, right. These are the headlines in politics that real estate entrepreneurs and agents need to know. We are a week away exactly today if you're watching this on release day from the midterm election so mm-hmm. what are what are some of the headlines we should know about as real estate professionals nicole all right so this is with redfin americans flocked to red and purple counties in key senate race states during the pandemic yeah so pandemic fueled migration to red and purple counties in key states have made them somewhat less white Uh, Increasing diversity could swing some of those purple places blue in this year's Senate midterms. That first bullet to me on on Redfin, when you go through the through the article, I don't think they dug deep enough. I'll I'll get to that in a second. Okay, Uh, but migration and shifts in racial makeup may fall short of counteracting. And so so here they're, they're hedging their bets, counteracting the forces favoring Republicans this year. The Republican Party is steadily gaining momentum, according to polling, and migration could favor the GOP if a lot of people move to places that more closely matched their political views. Purple counties in Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona, all key to this year's Senate elections, gained thousands of residents and became more diverse during the pandemic. Um, Like the nation as a whole, migration to those states could favor either Democrats or Republicans. Let's put this chart up here, okay? That Redfin has red and purple counties in key states gained residents during the pandemic. Okay, so you had 300 in in key states, what they're calling key states that could swing the power of Washington during these midterms. Uh, Red counties saw 340,000 change in number of residents to the positive purple counties, which, you know, typically are are, are 50-50. Uh, the way they vote, you could vote either way. 289,000 in the positive. Blue counties lost 127,000 uh, residents. Okay. And then non key states, it was even greater 509,000 for red gain, 271,000 net positive gain for purple. Um, and then 1.281,000, huge number in non key states. Uh, for the blue, like, you know, New York would be non-key because you know what New York's going to be blue, right? And we know we, we saw a lot of people leave New York. Uh, California would be non-key. You know, California is going to be blue. So it probably makes up a bunch of a bunch of those. Uh, they consider the swing states, Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, New Hampshire, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and then Wisconsin. Florida historically has always been a purple state. Like Nicole, you remember the election, the presidential election that came down to like, like 30,000 votes. It it was crazy that you have that a state that big and, and that small of a gap. And obviously that went on for weeks, Florida after the midterm elections probably won't look purple anymore. And, And I, I don't think Redfin on this article did a good enough job highlighting, you know, what the pandemic did. They got into it a little bit. Um, they talk about their strong forces that could counteract the diversity. So, so they, they spent a whole bunch of time talking about like, um, 
some of these red and purple counties now are more diverse. Well, that diversity left a blue area where let's just face it. Let's, let's call it what it is. They left a blue area and went to these red and purple counties because they felt like they were shut down in those blue areas. They didn't feel like they could live their life the way they wanted to live their life during the pandemic. They went to these areas where they could live maybe more freely. Okay. So trying to guess where they're going to vote now, and just because it's divert, you know, that they're going to vote one way or another, I, I thought Redfin really fell short on that. Uh, but they do, they do get into it um, down towards the bottom. Blue counties and key states lost residents, but it's not likely to impact midterm. You're probably going to see, you know, a lot of red. That's what the projections are. You don't know till you see it. Um, and, and they're talking about the fact that in here, Americans sorting themselves. This is where I thought this was interesting, Nicole. I want your take on this. Americans sorting themselves into neighborhoods to live near people similar to them. Highlighted in the book, The Big Sort, has progressed over the past four decades. When people relocate, they often choose an area made up of people similar to them. Hmm. I do think that this was something that in the pandemic... I, I do think that this happened more than people think. Oh, it's of like, course it did. Absolutely did. I mean, it, it political really viewpoints, caused, lifestyle viewpoints. Of course, mask, no mask, testing, no testing, and then it back vaccines. Who's getting a vaccine? Who's not getting a vaccine? I mean, it, it certainly caused a huge divide. One hundred percent. Yes. What this this is good information for an agent understanding who came, who left. Who came, who left your market? Who, who's, who's moving into your market to be around more of the values that they you know, are attached to? And mm-hmm. those people are going to conjugate and get into clubs and get into after-hour activities that uh, I'm not saying you got to go, and we're going to get into this in the second headline a little bit, and be outspoken about maybe some of the stronger viewpoints but you may find some clubs and some places where people from other areas are joining these clubs and they recently migrated. And that's going to be a, play, a, a source to find out maybe who's coming next, okay? Is this trend going to continue in my market? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting data. We'll see how the midterms impact this going forward. Uh, headline number two, Nicole. Number two is Realtor Mag. When clients talk politics, stay above the fray. Yeah, so they go through this exa- a couple examples in here on this Realtor Mag article um, about some a, a client asking an agent, "So who did you vote for?" You ever get around somebody who just like wants to keep bringing up politics, like you, like they're just bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Usually in my family, but not not I've not in public, no. And they're luckily. bringing it up for no reason, like it's not even right part of the conversation. But they just always it always comes back. Well, except to what that. except what you said before, like they want to be around people that are like them. Yeah, so that they can have those conversations. I'm talking about you know, like you said, a family event, you know, a public yeah. setting, and somebody's just yeah. always this is at a showing. Yeah. And this person yeah. just keeps bringing up alternative lifestyles and 
and abortion and these types of like extremely red hot button topics that when you're on a professional showing, you definitely as the agent don't want to engage in those at all. And so this agent says, yes, I have my thoughts and beliefs, but they are mine. And I have found it's not safe or wise professionally or personally to discuss personal beliefs with strangers. Now, uh, I I wouldn't call somebody I'm showing a house to a stranger. That's probably off-putting to that potential client of yours. (laughs) They should probably be a client at that point if you're showing them property. What's your response, Nicole? Have you have you had that question? Because I know I have. I no one's no one's ever, to be honest, put me in that type of position before. You've never been um, asked in twelve plus years if you have a political a viewpoint by a client. Yeah, never, never. Wow, interesting. Nope. Never, interesting. No, I I just I feel like it's a topic that I I mean I even avoid it. I try to avoid it here. I try to avoid it with you. Like I, I, I consciously avoid the conversation. So I don't know that I've ever really opened myself up to make anybody maybe feel as though it's an appropriate question to even ask because it's never part of anything that I ever talk about ever. And, and so they asked the question down here, you know, um, is it ever okay to reveal personal opinions that, you know, this article is basically of the mindset of, of like what you're saying. Don't, um, I, I think that there's, <clears throat> I, I would say 90, I, I agree 90% with that. You never want to, you don't, you, first of all, you don't want to openly discuss this and no. you don't want to be that agent that right now is posting your beliefs on Facebook and Instagram about, you know, the midterms about who you want to vote for, about how you, sh- you know, because now you're just alienating people that are on, on the other side. Th- that's You're representing your neighborhood, the businesses, the economy. As a real estate professional, you can't take that hat off after 5 p.m. on your Facebook account. You need to stay down the middle. You need to stay away from commenting on which side of the aisle you believe in politically and represent your town, your community, the businesses and the economy. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That being said in a private setting, um, I don't, I don't, you really want to connect with somebody. You get to know somebody, you've done a couple deals with somebody and you find that your beliefs are similar or on the flip side, I've actually had clients where, where our beliefs weren't similar and we had very healthy discussions at dinner. My wife remembers some of these dinners, uh, dinners in Mystic, Connecticut, where, where we would have, it was fun. We enjoyed it. We, we had conversation. Um, I think you should respect people that don't want to have those conversations. If you get a real trustworthy relationship and you both want to engage in a healthy conversation about it, I don't I don't think in those cases it's a bad thing. I, I think we don't want to be in a place in this country where nobody can ever talk about politics. You know, you only talk about your politics, you know, behind closed doors. That's to me, that's not very collateral. You don't grow that way. You you don't see other people's viewpoints. You can't learn that way. And so these people that just never talk about it, just shut off the world about it. They're also shutting off a lot of opportunities to learn and grow. But as an agent, you're represent representing yourself online. You absolutely should stay away from it a hundred and ten percent of the time. There's never a place in time for you to do that. And you see this mostly. By the way, I'm not saying this isn't a political statement. You see it mostly on the left. The left, for whatever reason, believes that anything that they say happens to be gospel. So they they don't actually don't think that they're they're doing 
they think 100% of people believe what they're putting out online, right? That's the whole reason Elon's buying Twitter right now, because you have too much of this, like, no, this is the way it is. This viewpoint should be standard across the board. And, and sometimes a lot of these viewpoints are debatable. So, I mean, I'm thinking of agents in our market on the left that do this and shoot themselves in the foot all the time with this kind of stuff. I will say, though, that I do encourage actually voting, though. Oh, so, we talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're talking about it now again because we're only a week away, too. So, I mean, I'll certainly post a I voted sticker. But oh, that's, 100%. That's that's. that's that's as far as I'll go. Encourage yeah. people to vote. You should 100%. be voting. Or encourage them, show them where they can, especially if they're new to the neighborhood, because again, if we're sort of yeah. looping this around too, I mean, let people know like links that they can register to vote. You know, let them know that it's still not too late to register to vote. Most places are still letting you register almost to the day a, of. So a good um, newsletter, a good uh, email or a good blog for, or for even your a brand Facebook might be. post, all of it. Yes. How to vote here in our town. Yep. Right. Yep. How where to, to go vote, how to vote. Yep. and how to register for sure. Yeah. So. And how to register. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, good show, Nicole. <clears throat> Definitely. Next time we launch an episode, it will be midterm election day. So uh, left, middle, right might not be as well. I'm sure it'll be active still. This is America, but. <laughs> definitely get out there and, and plan on voting and your name and is byron so there, right. there will be activity yes mm -hmm. all right uh love love for you guys to hit that like button consider subscribing to the bam youtube channel we'll see you next week for real see you guys